This is Pastor Derek Thomas of Living Witness Ministries, and I want to welcome you to the Living Word Podcast. I pray that today's teaching blesses you, inspires you, and encourages you to live a life worthy of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that we serve. God bless. Living Witness Ministries is seeking to fulfill its God-given mandate to reach the world with the life-giving word through outreach ministries including the Living Word Podcast, Living Word Broadcast, and daily words of witness on our pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Liker. In addition, Living Witness Ministries is embarking upon our Project ATL campaign with the goal of establishing and launching our ministry headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia in the fall of 2021. If our outreach ministry is a blessing to you, won't you consider supporting the ministry in our vision? You can donate via Cash App at dollar sign LW Ministries 2020. That's dollar sign capital L capital W Ministries 2020. Thank you in advance for your support and for doing your part to help us reach the world with the life-giving word. Our text today is found in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. We're going to be dealing today with one verse, and that's verse 18. And what you'll find written there reads in this fashion. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. As we speak today to the subject, hallelujah, anyhow, amen? Hallelujah, anyhow. We're in the midst of a time in life where the enemy would love nothing more than to cast us into a state of mourning. He loved to have us in a state of darkness, in a state of feeling discontent, a state of just feeling that there's no hope. But I'm here to let you know today, beloved, that God indeed has a word for us, even in times that might be challenging. I recently faced the transition of my father and in the midst of my father passing away, though the pain was and is very, very real. The Lord gave me a revelation in the midst of it. In the midst of it, he gave me the same revelation that he gave unto the church of Thessalonica, that this thing that's called life is indeed a long-term investment. And every time we have a gain as well as a loss in life, we can ultimately chalk it up as a blessing from God because God ultimately moves in a way so that he can be glorified. And God was glorified during the 95 years that he gave my father life here on earth. And even in the midst of the transition season, I began to see how God was moving and how God was ministering in my own life through his life and looking at his life as a testimony brought me to this passage of scripture. This passage of scripture was penned by Paul at a time when the church of Thessalonica was still classified as new. And many times when it's something that we have that's new, whether it's a relationship or a new item that we have, no matter matter how great or small, we take that thing because it's new and we value it and esteem it far above everything else. But what happens is that time passes, it stops being new and begins to age. And as it ages, what happens is that our attention gets drawn away from it and it gets drawn to the next new thing. But the church of Thessalonica tapped into something. They had tapped into realization that there's something in the form of the relationship of with God through Jesus Christ that transcends the newness, that transcends 
time. It transcends an understanding and a physical feeling. The Thessalonians were being taught by God as penned by the, the man, the apostle Paul, that each and every day is a reason to give God thanks. And each and every day is a new opportunity to lift up the name of Jesus. The word today is letting us know more than ever before that we need to resolve to praise God no matter the circumstances. Amen. It doesn't matter what it is that we're facing. Our mandate and our mission is to praise our God. We praise our God first and foremost because we need to identify God in everything. We do it by identifying God in everything that we do. Amen. We have to understand and realize that God is universal, that God is unilateral, that God is everywhere, and he's in the midst of everything. Now, the church of Thessalonica in our text was a loving church that understood the value and worth of every individual. They understood that no man was perfect in and of himself, but that instead God's presence in them, church, perfected them to live a life of salvation and witness. Now, to this end, what they did was realize in a practical sense that in moments of poor or uncharacteristic behavior, the proper response as part of the body of Christ was to give God thanks for the work that he was perfecting in their brother rather than writing him off as a misfit and unsavable. Oh, what a message we could glean from that and how big of a blessing we could be as the body of Christ if we would just be willing to do that measure of work of ministry by being willing to look beyond, as a songwriter wrote, our faults and see the needs of our brothers and sisters, the need for prayer, the need for support, the need for fellowship, the need to be uplifted and not downcast. So often what we do as members of the body of Christ, beloved, is that we take a bad time and we want to write a person off. Well, they're not going to be any good. I knew that that would happen. I knew that they would fall. I knew it was too good to be true. I knew that they weren't who they said they were. But the truth of the matter is, church, is that none of us are who we say we are. Because often what we tend to do is think more highly of ourselves than we are. And that's why the word needs to let us, that's why the word lets us know rather in Galatians that we should seek to restore a brother or sister that's overtaken in a fault in the spirit of meekness because it's nothing more or less than the grace of God that is not us. In other words, it might be my brother today. It could be me tomorrow. It could be you the day after tomorrow. So it behooves none of us to be judgmental of our brother that's going through today. And that's what we tend to do sometimes. We tend to do that when a person's in a state of mourning or when a person's in a state of depression or when a person's in a state of anxiety or when a person's in a state of need, whatever that need might be. We tend to put on our natural cap and our natural glasses and say, you've been in that state for, for this long. You've been in that state for weeks. You've been in that state for months. You may have been in that state for years. You need to snap out of it. Snap out of it, man. Snap out of it, woman. I'm here to let you know that God's mandate is for us to give thanks. That's why this word says in everything, give thanks. Not only in the good things, give thanks. Give thanks in the trying times because God is at work. Give thanks in the times of challenge because we're not dead. Give thanks in the times where things are not going the way that they desire. we desire them to go because they could be going another way that's totally contrary to God and we could be on our way to hell. But instead, we're on our way to heaven and we're so glad. Amen. So in the same manner that the church understood it, we church 
need to understand that God desires us to offer him thanks for what he's in the process of manifesting naturally in our own lives so that it lines up with his supernatural finished product. Amen. We have to understand that each and every one of us are works in progress. And because we're all works in progress, we've got to realize that that's exactly what's taking place. Progression is taking place. So often what we want to do is praise God for the finished product. Praise God from whom all blessings flow, the word says. From whom all blessings flow. Meaning in the midst of the process, thank God for the process. In the midst of the struggle, thank God for the struggle. In the midst of the pressure, thank God for the pressure. Because as we're thanking God for these things, and as we're thanking God for every point along the journey, what begins to happen is we begin to paint a picture for people that are coming behind us to see. We even begin to paint a picture for ourselves when we can't see the way. Because since God is the way and the truth and the life and that light and since light is in him in those times where we're in the midst of our darkness the very portrait of him that we paint with our praise that we paint with our thanksgiving begins to be the light that illuminates our path to move through our seasons of darkness back into our seasons of light so we have to remember that god indeed is worthy of our praise always because in the midst of our adversity, in the midst of our adversity, church, he's our constant. And our adversity can come a million ways to Sunday. But the one thing that's the same is God. It says in Hebrews 13, 8 and 9 that this is something that we need to meditate on and we need to feast on in our spirit. It says in Hebrews 13, verses 8 and 9 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. So do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. In other words, God is saying we need to feast on the fact in our hearts and feast on the fact in our minds and spirits and take comfort in knowing that no matter what it is that we face, that, Je that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and he's the same today and he's the same forevermore, which means whatever challenges we face, be it yesterday, today or forever, God is there to meet us in the midst of our challenge and to bring us through. God is there to give us a reason to give him praise. And the reason to give him praise is the fact that even in the midst of where we are, he's there. Like the word says, if I, if I find myself in heaven, you're there, God. If I make my bed in hell, you're there, God. If I take the wings of the morning and soar off in one direction or the other, whatever diverse direction I go, God, if I look to my right, I find you there. And that's a comfort. I found myself this morning. In my meditation time, my devotional time, reflecting on my father. And I'm calling this day, day one in my journey, because this is day one since the acknowledgement and his formally being committed back into the Lord's care through the funeral process. This is day one without him. And I found myself meditating and I remembered uh, a moment with my dad where 
I was about maybe 14 years old, and this is leading me to my next point. I was about 14 years old, and I and I decided I wanted to race him. I ran track. For many of you that that have heard my messages before, you knew that that's what I've done through junior high and high school. And I remember saying, I remember him asking to race me one day, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be easy, a cakewalk. And you know, my mom said go, and we took off running down the alley. And I just knew that I was light years ahead of my dad. But when I looked to my right, I saw something I didn't expect to see. I saw my dad running next to me, virtually stride for stride. So what I tried to do in and of myself is I tried to upshift and do everything that I knew to do to make myself go faster. And once I got to the end of myself and all my skill had run out, I noticed that my dad was not only running stride for stride, but he was actually positioning himself to shift into a gear that I didn't have. But instead of shifting into that gear that I didn't have, what he did is he maintained stride for stride with me and then allowed himself to drop off just a little bit for me to run forward, but allowed himself to stay in my sight line on my right side. That was significant because the right side is a side of power and authority. And it leads me into my second point that we give God thanks in all ways by relying on his will and not our skill. Because like in my story, I'd use all the skill that I had and my father had the capacity to bypass me and leave me. But it wasn't his will to bypass me and leave me. It was his will to let me know that he would always be there with me. He would always be there for me. He would always be by my side, even if I couldn't physically see him, even if I couldn't physically lay my hands on him and reach out and touch him, he was always in a place where he's always with me. He's always in my heart and he's always in my mind and he's always in my spirit. And that brings a comfort in knowing that my father's always with me running stride for stride through life because it's his will that I succeed. And how much more should we rejoice in knowing that God, our father, is running with us stride for stride? And keeping us uplifted and keeping us supported. And this is what the Thessalonian church had tapped into. The church, no doubt, if I could look at the registry, was made up of a diverse mix of mindsets and, and ministry gifts and motivations that closely resemble the community of Thessalonica itself. Now, as with all communities, church, we know that there are challenges that arise in the lives of the inhabitants of that community that are more than their collective skill sets can handle. For many places right now in today's society, it might be drugs, it might be gangs, it might be crime, it might be health concerns. As a nation and as a world, we're dealing with the pandemic that's happening right now. But I submit to you that just like in 1917 and 1918 when we got through it, God can and will bring us through it this provided we take the right posture of understanding who God is. We're not the ones in control. We're running the race that's been set before us, but the word tells us we need to run the race with patience because if we don't run it with patience, we'll run headlong into a situation that can lead to our destruction. We need to take a page out of the Thessalonians book. Look at what, look at, look, look at what it says in the scripture and everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Emphasis there now on the word will. This is the will of God, not our will. What the, Thessalon what the Thessalonians realized in times of trials and struggles in the midst of their skill sets not being enough is a fundamental truth that we would do well to learn from. 
They learned in those times where their skill sets weren't enough to deal with the issue at hand. They learned that instead of throwing in the towel and yielding to their trials as a lack of skill, what they did instead was band together in faith and praise God for his will and his will being done in their circumstances for his glory and for their good. Amen. That's what God is calling us to do in this hour. He's calling us to not give up, but instead he's calling us in our times of struggle and in our times of pain and in our times of hardship and in our times of tears to not look at the fact that the thing that's come along that the world would say is a defeat is more than we can handle. It's just the perspective that we take is not more than God can bear. And if we can trust God and believe God and give God thanks, even in those times. God can and will move in the midst of our situations. God desires to move in our midst, church. And he uses situations that are more than we can handle to, to help us see that the skills that we have are no match for his will in our lives. His will is what's running stride for stride with us, as I just shared with the illustration of my father. His will is right there that's always reaching out to us and always touching us. His will is what's moving us and driving us and carrying us over caverns that we couldn't clear in and of ourselves. So we have to understand that worshiping God is a choice. And that choice carries rewards that are designed to meet and exceed our needs as we embrace God's will for our lives. God needs us to take a Thessalonian mindset concerning challenges and tests and overcoming challenges and tests. They're going to come. They're designed to come, but they're designed to come to make us stronger and to make us wiser and to make us better than what we were before them. Because the challenges and trials and tests force us to look introspectively at ourselves and look beyond ourselves to the essence of who we are. And the essence of who we are is housed in God. This is why we have to fully rely on God. And we got to thank him, church, for definitively providing for us in all circumstances. Amen. We've got to take the same mindset that the Thessalonian church took. We got to take a mindset that David wrote into a song back in Psalms 34. If you look at verse nine in that greatest hit, you'll find this lyric. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want or lack to them that fear or in the Amplified revere and obey him. So as long as we revere and obey God, as long as we revere him and lift him up, the legend of God, this is what he's done for me. This is how he's blessed me. This is how he brought me through. I remember when God was striding with me stride for stride as I ran into a situation. I didn't see how I was going to get through and he brought me out of it so that I have a testimony. This is what we were supposed to be doing and this is how God desires us to live because if we live with a hallelujah anyhow in our spirit and a hallelujah anyhow in our mouth and a hallelujah anyhow in our actions and a hallelujah anyhow in our minds there's nothing that we can't overcome it doesn't mean that it won't hurt sometimes it doesn't mean that it won't be a struggle sometimes 
It doesn't mean that it won't be challenging for us to do it. It doesn't mean that it's going to be a walk that's going to be easy and we're going to have a whole bunch of friends with us. I dare say to you that it's very much the opposite. Straight is a gate, the word says, and narrows the way, and there are very few men and women that find it. So it's not one that's going to be a big, popular walk. But what it is, is our last point, and it's our concern, amen. We have to remember that thanksgiving is our concern. The scripture is, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus, italicized here, concerning you. It is our concern to give God thanks in everything. The Thessalonians in our text demonstrated that. They have most importantly understood that their new church and journey as believers indeed had a divine purpose. They understood that it had a divine purpose. And as a result, they took personal responsibility of doing their part to hasten the spread of the gospel throughout the world. They understood that we got some work to do and the work that we've got to do moves way beyond these four walls of this church, moves way beyond the four walls of this block, moves way beyond the four walls of this neighborhood and of this city and of this state and even into the four corners of the earth. We've got a worldwide mandate and mission to keep. We've got, as the songwriter wrote, a charge to keep and a God to glorify. But what this means in practical terms is that even in seasons of setbacks and perceived failures, the mission and work of furthering the gospel must and always did remain their top priority. They did not waver on that. They might have wavered on other things. They might have wavered on how to do stuff. They might have wavered on doctrinal things. But what they never wavered on was the fact that the work of ministry needed to go forth. Now, in the midst of understanding, as a quick sidebar, it's critical to, to get clear understanding of the doctrinal things. And second Thessalonians dealt with the miscues that they had with the doctrinal things and got those things straightened out. But the blessing of it is they still kept the engine running. They still kept the engine humming. And that engine was to save souls. And that engine was to share the gospel. And that engine was to tell people about a living Savior that's in the world today. Very much like our mandate needs to be today. That same mandate should apply to us today, church, and should be our driving force behind our resolve to live our lives on purpose and live our lives filled with praise and thanksgiving to our God for all that he's continually doing for us. When we look at our neighborhoods and we look at our communities, we can praise God from whom all blessings flow. Our communities aren't perfect. Our communities are not in places where work does not need to be done. But we thank God for what he has done and we praise God for the capacity to go out and do what we're equipped to do through him supernaturally to bring about a change in our neighborhoods. Stop complaining about your neighborhood and do your part to bring about change in the neighborhood. That's what the Thessalonians did. The Thessalonians took action and the action that they took they took knowing that the actions that they took in the natural had eternal consequences. 
They knew that the work that they were doing was a work that was going to be much greater than themselves, that they may not even see the full manifestation and scope of the body of work that God desired to do through and between them because they understood that this is a generational thing. This is something that I'm just planting right here. And my, my seed may have to go forth and water this thing. And my seed after that might have to go forth and do some cultivating and plucking up with some weeds. But ultimately, God is the one that's going to provide the increase. He's the one that's going to save the land. He's the one that's going to forgive the sin. He's the one that's going to move in the midst of the situation. He's the one that's going to be lifted up and help people see that not only is there a better way, but in fact, he is a better way. That's what God has called us for, church. He's put the hallelujah anyhow in our spirits and in our mouths so that we can help people see that there's a better way. Even when it looks like the way that we're on is a dead end street and everybody's telling you that there's no way out of that situation. I'm here to let you know that we can scream, let us praise Yah, which is what hallelujah means. Let us praise Yah because he's the same yesterday, today and forever. Let us praise Yah because as we revere him and lift him up, he'll begin to move. Let us praise Yah in this instance we find out because God said in John 12 and 32 that if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. You don't have to worry about not having the manpower. You don't have to worry about not having the capacity. You don't have to worry about not having the finances or the income. As long as you have the faith and the willingness to lift up the name of Jesus and to praise our God by lifting your hallelujah anyhow, you can bring about change in the natural by changing the atmosphere in the spirit. God desires us in this hour to take our rightful place as joint heirs in the promise and give thanks in everything because this is God's will through Christ Jesus concerning us, the church. We're the mouthpiece of God in this hour. We're the hands of God in this hour. We're the feet of God in this hour. We're the voice of God in this hour. We're every aspect of God in this hour. We're the vessel that God desires to use to make a difference in the earth in this hour. So let's be just that. Let's be living witnesses of God. Let's be the vessels that he's called us to be. Because as we aspire to be the vessels that God has called us to be. God can then move and have free reign in the earth. And bring about change. To turn mourning into dancing to turn sorrow into joy and to turn victimization into eternal victory. Amen. I pray that you were blessed by today's word. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. If you've never taken the opportunity to do either one of those things, won't you join me now in prayer? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come before you a sinner. I believe that you sent your son to die that I might live. I believe that he lived, died, rose again, 
ascended to heaven and is coming back for sinners just like me. I confess my sin. I ask you into my heart and I ask you into my life. Thank you, Lord, that by faith I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like to welcome you into the household of faith and into a loving relationship of salvation with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please email me and let me know of your experience or if you have any prayer requests or praise reports, please email me. The email address is livingtowitness at gmail.com. That's living, the number two, witness at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Pastor Derek Thomas encouraging you to live your life as a living witness.